This is your host, Natalie Allport, former national team athlete and entrepreneur, and welcome to the All In Podcast, where I share stories, interviews, and advice with the goal of helping you go all in. Hey. Oh, you got the big headphones. Yeah, I went with the uh, the Bose noise cancelers. I think I'm addicted to them. You're now a, a gym bro. That's right. <laughs> Although I've been doing a lot of push-ups, and when I do really fast reps, they fly off my head, so I'm too intense for them. I don't do push-ups that fast, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> wow, that is, yeah, those are interesting push-ups. Well, hey, welcome. Thank you guys, everyone who's tuning in. Um, obviously, this is Lucas Parker, um, an Hey-o. awesome athlete, human being, friend, person. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. No, I'm excited to to catch up. Someone said, "Oh yeah, my favorite CrossFit athlete." That's awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Perfect. So I I want to get I have a list of questions to ask you, and then I just want to see where this conversation goes and and catch up. All right, man. But, Sounds um, good. I want to get the main question out of the way before people start asking it, because if you guys are tuning in, um, I'll ask that you guys just submit questions, and I'll try to answer them if I can get to them. Um, but I know everyone is going to ask this, so let's get it out of the way. How do you take care of your beard? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that, but I guess it's always uh, something that people are curious about. And I, I think I really hate to disappoint in my answer. I think most people have uh, an inverted uh, perception of, of what's going on here. This is not a fashion statement. This is not a uh, metrosexual grooming practice. This is just a lack of self-care and personal hygiene. Um, so the, the extent, uh, of the upkeep is showering, um, a little bit of like, uh, protein shake leftovers in the mustache. That's pretty much how I keep it silky smooth. Well, there you have it, everybody. Just put some protein in there, maybe some collagen or something. I don't know. Yeah. Sweat, tears, that that all helps. Tears of your enemy. Just keep it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Okay. So if anyone wants to submit questions throughout go ahead but uh we've moved yeah, on from the beard conversation so no more beard questions <laughs> so how like how are you how is training looking in quarantine tell me about what you've been up to uh I, yeah i'm pretty good overall um i'm very uh just happy and thankful and and lucky so far that uh that myself and my loved ones are, are healthy um i know that's not the case for everyone uh so, you know, if, if someone out there is, uh, is in a, a rough spot right now, uh, my heart goes out to you and I feel for you. Um, personally, I'm doing okay. So that's, that's nice. Uh, training is, is going further and further downhill, basically. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot more uh, sitting around at home watching Netflix. I'm eating a lot of ice cream, uh, having the, uh, the occasional drink every now and again. Cheers if anyone's having a, a little sip at home. Hey, there you go. Is that kombucha? Mm-mm. Or is that beer? <laughs> uh, I actually have a, a kombucha mother that's been like growing for a year in my room. Damn. It's kind of scary. That's like massive. a horror movie, yeah. Yes, and I haven't done anything with it. I used to make homemade kombucha, and I just haven't nice. anymore. I still, I think I need to buy the bottles, but yeah, no, this is a this is a beer, no kombucha. Awesome. What kind of beer is that? Um, it is a Whitewater Farmer's Daughter, so it's like a brewery about an hour from here, and they've been doing oh. um, just like drop-off or whatever, and uh, yes, I made my second order with them. 
I'm like the slowest drinker ever. So I, I yeah. ordered at the start of this, maybe like 12 beers and I'm still yeah. not through, but I thought, okay, well I'll, I'll order some more for like long weekend, summer, whatever. <laughs> Probably last Yeah, summer. sure. <laughs> yeah. a girl. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I enjoy a, a, a beer every now and again, but my issue is I just like, like half a beer. So it's like, I, so I like ice cream, but what I've learned is that every time you go out to an ice cream shop, don't, I never, never go for two scoops. You always want to go for two scoops and get two flavors. But then what you create is a situation for yourself where you need to rush to enjoy both flavors before they melt and you end up just sprinting through your ice cream. So it doesn't turn into soup. And it's kind of the same way with beer. Like a, it, almost any beer is really good as long as it's like cold and refreshing and like you get a little bit of like head on it and it's nice. Right. But like mm -hmm. after 10 minutes that goes away and you're just left with like warm, like, <laughs> like warm wheat soup, which is just not, not that nice. Um, so the beer I've been drinking lately is a uh, Cronenberg. Uh, it's like a Cronenberg uh, fruit version. So it's like a nice, like, like a, like a wit beer. And it's got like a nice hint of like citrus and it comes in small bottles. They're like 300 mils or something. So it's pretty sweet. Mm, that yeah. is actually clutch because I feel the same like yeah. when people go and get a picture from the bar no and then they <laughs> want to get another picture I'm like no I right. don't want part of it no. yeah. yeah by yeah. the way hey Cedric thanks for the comment let me scroll down there oh, oh yeah what's up Cedric hope you're doing well man he's I don't know if you've been uh watching any of his training clips but Cedric has been crushing it these days so yeah. congrats to him yeah congrats to him for being able to uh to, to still improve and looks like he's hitting some good PRs on his lifts and stuff. So good stuff, man. Awesome. All right. So now that we've, we've, uh, we've discussed our beers. So clearly we're really training hard during this quarantine. What is your training looking like right now? So, uh, I have a rowing machine, um, that has been down in our like condo, like storage locker. So brought that up. It's out on our balcony. Our balcony is probably two and a half to three feet wide by, eight feet long. So it's basically right. like perfect for a rowing machine. Yeah. Um, so it just sits up. So I've been, I've been pretty much rowing. So I'm trying to stick to a training schedule of like uh, th five days a week with two rest days. So like I take Thursday and Sunday off. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I normally do, but I've been, so every day that I'm training, I've been trying to just do like rowing and pushups every day. And so I started out with like a conservative, amount and I've been sort of tracking like my weekly volume and it's been interesting to see it go from up from like you know 400 push-ups a week to 500 to 600 plus and then like rowing from like whatever like I don't know it's like 14k up to like 16 to 18 to 20 plus and like oh, just kind of building but and but I mean a little bit every day um it's just kind of a nice place to start and then kind of going up from there and and that's been a little bit encouraging I mean those I think those are both things I need to work on like I need to work on uh, my, you know, my, my conditioning, my endurance, my stamina, um, both like cardio and muscular wise. So I think those are two pretty good movements and they're two things that I can do in quarantine. Cause I am lucky enough to have a concept two machine. Um, so in that sense, I'm still like, you know, getting after it and, and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing like a, a regional prep or games prep, like workout because CrossFit is canceled this year. So. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. been huge. I know, like, even for me, I hurt my shoulder last year. I, I don't remember if I, I think I told you about this when I crashed my motorbike in Bali. And it's just, it's still <laughs> yeah, like bugging did. me. <laughs> yeah, really? 
Damn. Yeah, it's like even just resting or doing cleans when the bar hits like my shoulder. Oh my gosh, like even right now touching it, the AC joint is so inflamed and mm. I think it's it just has like a permanent bump and it just keeps getting wow. re-inflamed. But yeah, it's so I've been slowly doing stuff and like what I miss the most is like pull-ups and stuff, but I don't have a pull-up bar here, so you know what? It's you know, yeah. it's not like I'm staring at it wishing I could do it, but I've just Probably been yeah, the, doing the same rowing and dumbbell stuff and I, I bought a barbell but I, I ended up borrowing plates which I was really lucky about yeah. but I still have like I don't have 25s I don't have 15s I <laughs> you make weird jumps but what do you what do you have I have 245s 235s um two fives and two, uh four four tens oh yeah those are yeah those are strange but you can you can make I, some okay <laughs> Yeah, there, you can yeah. make some okay jumps. I've been using the yeah, fives yeah. to like prevent the barbell from falling down the driveway. But then if yeah. I need to add the fives, I use like hockey pucks. <laughs> so that's, pucks. that's what I've that's, been up to. That's yeah. badass. Yeah. But I'm feeling good because you know taking all this time off. Well, there's no competitions to go to anyway, so it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of interesting watching them kind of like drop from the schedule one by one right as the the cancellation emails went out and like oh there's another one oh there's another one oh that was my last one no i know do you know if every single i don't know if all of them have i guess now yeah because of the, they've changed the qualification so pretty much be. yeah pr uh pretty much all of them i think the rogue invitational is theoretically still on right. and i think they'll theoretically send someone maybe um but i think they're all they're all cut now the the last, I think one of the last ones to go was the one that I had signed up for, which was uh, Asbury Park in like New Jersey, roughly. Yeah. And I was like, this, that like, isn't New York and New Jersey like the worst hit place by COVID? Like that's pretty ballsy for them to keep it on the schedule. But I think they're just waiting until, rightly so, that's probably the right course of action to take. It's like, well, wait until the last possible minute and hope whatever. And then, and then we got to pull the plug. So we do it. So I, yeah, I think they probably... Yeah, did what was best there, but it was just too bad. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have one competition, and but yeah. no, nothing. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a bummer, especially for the competitions that invested so much into trying to make this season work. Like I, I do feel yeah. for them for sure because they would have started their marketing like a year ago and doing everything with the qualifiers, and so they have a lot invested as well into you know hopefully people showing up and buying tickets to the event. So yeah, yeah, I can't even imagine the headache of and the nightmare of like putting all that because you pl like you plan a sanctional for I, I may at least a year months and months yeah. a year or two and then you can't really yeah so my heart goes out to folks I hope that people I hope that people keep their because I think what a lot of the comps are doing is they're keeping their registrations in place for like quote unquote next time yeah. so I hope that people I hope that people keep their registrations paid for and just like show up next year if possible instead yeah. of asking for a refund because I think like if everyone asks for a, for a refund the the organization will go bankrupt and there won't be a competition. So, yeah, no, totally. I was actually going to fly out to uh, Can West to judge, and I bought both mine and Austin's plane tickets. And then, yeah, we had a can sugar mama. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't, I can't refund the uh, tickets. They just gave us like, um, like a flight credit. But it's the yeah. same same thing, right? Like I'm like, you know what? No problem. Like I have so much family out west. We were going to make a whole trip of it. Like eventually, I'll go back out west. And so, yeah, yeah. there's. I think if people took that same view as like, for example, like in my case, I couldn't even get a refund. Like that's just how the Air Canada is doing things. And I, it was okay. So I think if people can hold on with, you know, gyms and um, the competitions and all those types of things and 
I mean, if they, if they have the financial means to, to stay invested in it, then it's, it's going to be good for the whole community as a whole. Yeah. So I think we got to keep our fingers crossed that uh, we'll be able to look back on this next year and think of it as a good, you know, involuntary off season where we can do some uh, extra recuperation and, and deloading and things like that. Right. Yeah. And that's true because with all the season changes, I think people are competing year round pretty much. So now, you know, there is a nice off season. Yeah. Um, I, as when I was uh, in, in the old days of the CrossFit games, when it was in, uh, in uh, California, um, I would, after I finished competing at the games each year, uh, I would take pretty much a whole month off because, you know, you got to like, imagine working, imagine working for six years without a vacation, essentially, like in terms of like the, whatever career you're in, like you kind of like, even if you love your job, you kind of need a break. Um, and when the activity you're doing is like literally physical intensity, to go imagine going for six years without like really taking like a, like a vacation for your system, so to speak, that can be pretty gnarly. So this might, I think it can go both ways. It probably will go both ways. I don't think it's an either or, but I think this whole like lockdown quarantine is going to knock some people out of CrossFit, just people that can't, um, depending on what their livelihood is and what their training state and just their mental motivation and stuff. Like some people are like, uh, like, you know, they can't afford to put in another year of, like training with the chance that, Oh, they'll, they won't be able to compete or make any money or endorsements or anything. Right. Um, so I think it's going to push some people out of the sport. Um, but maybe some people who, who were maybe in a state of like or, overtraining or feeling burned out or whatever, like maybe they'll get a bit of a bump from this and be able to come back um, just sort of renewed, stronger, more energy. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. I think that goes across most sports too. Like, yeah. even college sports. I did think I, I heard that they were going to extend like lot seniors. They could stay for an extra year. So they have an extra year of eligibility, which I mean, really? cause that was one of the first things I thought of was like, imagine this is your senior year as you yeah. know, a college athlete. And this is the end of your sport career, how heartbroken you would be. So I, I did hear that they can stick around for another year, but again, that's tough. Like at least they're now changing the rules with NCAA on being able to make money, but imagine you're in yeah, the NCAA, you can't make any money, and you have to stick around another year before you go get a job. It's like, uh, Right. And yeah. depending on your scholarship situation, like, another year of college is going to, like, cripple a lot of people, too. So if oh, you're, if yeah, you're like for 60 that, grand yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. yeah, sports are not cheap, and that's just how it is. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I, I like your perspective on everything. What are your thoughts like on the CrossFit games changes themselves? And like, what are you excited to see just as a spectator? Well, this year, I don't have hopes to see much. Um, <laughs> I, so I think what's happening is this, like Dave Castro is a very like, well, he's literally a military guy. He's a very like military minded guy. So I think what you what you do when you're in the military is you have an objective and you have plan A and plan B and plan C and plan D. And every time something's taken off the table, you, you know, you reroute, you reroute, you reroute, and you keep going down all the avenues you possibly have to achieve your objective until you either do it or it's taken completely off the table. And I think that's just kind of what's happening. It's like, I you, like, you gotta, like, you gotta try to put it on. So it's like, well, we can't do this. Let's do this. Well, we can't do that. Let's do this. Um, but I think what will end up happening is I, I mean, just based on the fact that like other sports, you know, the Olympics, the NBA, all that stuff is like, just, it's just not happening. Um, I don't imagine that like, you know, a workout festival is going to happen. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I'm keeping hope, like with most sports, I know that they're trying to get training facilities open and they're trying to do the whole no fan thing, but yeah, that's yeah. a good option. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how it is. Like, I know I, I've just been hearing like what they're talking about in the NHL and different things. And some of the players opinion is like, you're going to send us all off for a few months or a couple of months to a different city away from our kids, our wives, like everything for this one event, at least the CrossFit games is like, I don't know, you know, five days. So you're probably gone for a week. But the thing is, is like in hockey, most people are already living in North America. Like they're within right. the U.S. or whatever it is for most leagues. So they can probably travel within states and stuff like that. But how is someone from like Australia going to fly to, to the U.S.? I don't see that that travel ban lifting by then. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so it's either a thing of like, well, if we want exactly how, like if we want it to be how it's been in the past, of all the CrossFit games in the past, if we want it to be like that, we're going to have to wait X amount of time until that's possible. Or it's like, well, we just, we want to have something. So maybe there's some other alternative option. So, I mean, as a, as an athlete myself and as a fan of the sport, um, I think it's just cool to have like, I don't know what the word is like content. So like there's, I think there's options for um, building some like road, road to the game series with more athletes, right? Like yeah, people who are good, you know, either have like a fully like fleshed out media team, like the buttery bros or whoever, or just independent creators, like to just put out more like individual documentary style, like story building as opposed to multi-person in competition. I think that would still, satisfy and kind of scratch that itch of like wanting to see the athletes train be a little bit more intimate um and be a little bit more like suited to or appropriate to the whole like stay at home and just like do stuff on your computer it's like well um that could be a pretty cool option i think i totally agree and i think that's somewhere that if you're an athlete in the position to create that content either you have a team around you or even just like you're posting on youtube tiktok instagram whatever it is now is such a key time like people sports are pretty much canceled now is a time to be building that connection with your fan base with the community and putting out that content to um just get those people in and just it helps like the whole sport as a whole not just your own personal brand but everyone within the sport because if people have gone without watching your sport for i don't know months or a year on end especially as a from a fan perspective you know they might move on to something else and in the end sports are in the entertainment industry and you know, like you haven't watched your Netflix show for a long time. You, do you get back into the season or what do you do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, I'm, so I'm someone that like, I, uh, I don't know. I've always been a bit more hard line of like, well, CrossFit is the sport of fitness. It's all about finding the fittest, the, the showmanship, the, the spectacle doesn't really matter as much. Um, but like, then if you watch any other physical related, like, um, sport or game or something that's put on tv whether that's like a spartan race or a ninja warrior or even the ufc there's a ton of it's all about the story right there's a ton of like just cutaways where they learn about the athlete's life and get to know their personality and uh i feel like crossfit has done a bit of that but during the actual uh, like competitions like whether it's regionals or games or whatever it's it's kind of lack that um so yeah, I think that could be sort of a cool addition to what we're doing. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. I think there's the sports that do it really well are, for example, um, NFL and NBA. And, like, the players have that, like, cool factor to them. People relate yeah. with, with the athletes. 
and it's a little bit harder in in some of these different sports and i think that's how you actually get a sport like say crossfit to get a mainstream audience is you have to build that connection and you know it's obviously tough when crossfit hired fired their whole <laughs> media team uh, yeah. years ago so it's like are they making well, that investment into the actual sport Nat, you should apply for a job <laughs> yeah i can do some athlete interviews you know um I, I have this like really big pipe dream and you, this is like my first time sharing it live other than with my family, but oh. is I want to, and, and not just within CrossFit, actually, like it, it probably wouldn't be super focused on CrossFit, but do day in the life of different athletes, but like me going through all their training. Um, Cause I think it'd be really cool from a female perspective as well to get women into sports from a fan and athlete perspective like say I went and like trained with an NFL player through the combine or something like or like NBA because right. I grew up playing and competing at a pretty high level like in yeah. pretty much all the team sports and so that's my pipe dream I don't know how I'm going to fund it I'm putting it out into the universe now and maybe <laughs> someone wants to get behind it but awesome. I think when things get back going that's that that'd be something I really really want to do and I'm really passionate about doing because I know I can hang when it comes to hockey skateboarding whatever yeah. it is and so I think that would be something really cool. But yeah, if, if anyone in CrossFit wants to do it, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be cool. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. And if I, if I come across folks, uh, well, in terms of female athletes, uh, obviously at CrossFit Coliseum, we have uh, Carolyn Prevo. Um, yeah. And she's literally a, like a, a, a pro hockey player. Uh, she's a full-time school teacher. Um, she has, I think she technically has a CrossFit affiliate at her school. And it's like coaching yeah. the kids in CrossFit and stuff. And, and she's also a games athlete. So she's like a, a super, uh, super woman. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's, there's folks out there, right. That, uh, that are super inspiring and, and just need some, some exposure. And uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something I've been really passionate about, especially during this whole time. But yeah, just like looking at what athletes are doing right now and how they're adapting and, I've seen other athletes who are doing like live things like this with their fellow athletes within their sport, which is like yeah. super cool. I've seen like um, younger kids who are getting into it. And so, yeah, I love the whole concept of just trying to build your content out. Like we're all at home right now. It's an even playing field. So athletes right. can really start sharing, you know, their insights on what they're doing and help other people through this time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about that. Cause like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are doing that and that's great, but it's hard to know like what to add and if you're just piling on and if like, does anyone really need another reminder right now to like wash their hands? Like, I think we get that. Like, yeah, is that just, yeah. is that just, what's the word like excessive or gross to just like try and like pile on to like a, a bandwagon sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I really appreciate when I come across content that's actually like, like meaningful and, and helpful and provides value. Um, but yeah. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's very true. I think there's a lot of paid campaigns about like the whole hand washing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. when you've seen it, you know, by the government and all all the athletes, I, yeah, I don't know if we need any more reminders. I think we're past the point of hand washing because right now we're all at home just with our families. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, it looks like we have a comment from uh, Jen Nickel, who's a, a friend of ours actually from uh, CrossFit Industry. It's in uh, Collingwood, Ontario. So uh, I think that was a comment on. Uh, Oh, the games. Uh, so she says, I'd imagine they're, they're under contract with sponsors and it's too far, uh, too far out to pull the plug yet. They may have to wait to be told they can't hold it by the state. Just mm -hmm. a thought. Um, or maybe that's for all competitions, but uh, yeah, that would make sense. Right. Like 
you probably have an agreement. Let's say you're uh, sanctional and you have an agreement with Rogue or Reebok or whoever's sponsoring it. You can't just say, oh, we don't want to do the competition. You have to sort of like be like mandated to like stop your gathering or whatever. So that probably makes sense. And I don't know if, if Nat, if you've seen um, the theories going around about the games, it was like, well, why would they move to California? It seems like California is one of the more strict states. Like really they should they move are, it to yeah. like, to like Texas or like, you know, Nashville somewhere that, yeah, somewhere that Georgia, just is like maybe. a free for all. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Um, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think, so maybe one of the strategies there, well, obviously they have the property, the ranch, of course, but it's kind of like, well, California is going to be more likely to shut things down. So then it'll be like, if, if I'm CrossFit, it's like, it's out of my hands. Like, look what the government did kind of thing. That I, I do feel you on that. I think that's the situation for even a lot of businesses. Like they have all these commitments and they're waiting kind of for like, no, we can't do this so that they can have like this out and not that that's necessarily a bad thing like you're in a position where maybe that's this only you know solution that you can take for example with crossfit like um like she she said with her concept or her idea on on how it might be where they have the sponsorship contract that could totally make sense where they can't is like they can't tell their sponsors no their sponsors want to see them do every last thing in their power to try to hold it and make it happen and you know if the government says no that's you know that's it yeah yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what does happen and see if we can get some sports going for something to watch on, <laughs> watch on TV and cheer people on and get behind something that's live. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I just yeah. saw Mar- Marta comment here, yet another body weight workout. Yeah, I, so one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it's true. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately and um, when people ask me about personal branding or different conversations I've had with about athlete branding is and and advice that I've even been given is like what do you have the authority to talk about so like what's uniquely you that you can add the conversation to like a million and one people are doing bodyweight workouts so it's like are you do you uniquely have the people who are really interested in a bodyweight workout from you and do you have the authority to speak on that or is it best like hey I don't need to add to that conversation but I could talk about warming up for the bodyweight workouts or um the mindset about staying motivated to do the workouts. Like there's all these different angles. And I think everyone has their own unique place where they have their unique twist on things that they could add instead of just trying to copy and do the exact same thing as everyone else, just to jump in. Right. Yeah. So how, how do you find out like what that is for, for yourself? Yeah. I, I just think it's like, it's, it's thinking about like, what's unique to you and what do people ask you about a lot? Like I know, for me, when I was snowboarding, a lot of people would ask me, like, how did you get these sponsors? Like, how did you get connections with these companies? And then um, they would ask me, how do you train? Because um, I was, like, really strong for a snowboarder and really fit. And it wasn't, like, really big to be training. It actually is right. it's pretty anti-culture to train as an action sport athlete. A lot of them are like, yeah. no, no, it's not cool. And I was, like, in the gym every day <laughs> after snowboarding. And I was like, whatever, guys. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are like a lot of the questions I got about like preventing injury and, um, mindset and all those things. And so like after, you know, years of, I think it takes a while to, to come to terms with it. Cause I know like I, I've helped a lot of people with sponsorships and different things, just, you know, emailing them back and giving them advice, but I never actually pursued it as like, Hey, I could help people with this or, but Mm -hmm. after a while, I think you start to see like where you feel, you know, you might actually, have a voice and like some advice for people and 
that comes from like the questions that you get asked. I, I think in the most part, like, um, but at the same time, a lot of athletes, probably almost every CrossFit athlete, for example, is getting asked what workout they do, what macros do you eat? Um, what supplements do you take? And so I, I, that's why they all have those sponsors and are all sharing those kind of things, but they all could have their own little twist on it. Like some people are really good at warm up. Some people like Brent Fikowski are really good at breaking down the movements and providing those like little competition and training tips instead of just like, here's my full program. It's like, here's this other angle. So I, I think those athletes that take that approach do better than everyone just putting out the same ab program or something. Right. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, so uh, what you said about people asking about sponsorships, like, I think there's kind of two angles there. Like, do you ever find yourself like someone's asking about sponsorships and the, the, the kind of the question is like money based, right? Like, Hey, I, how do I get, like, how do I get paid? Like for, for just like what I'm doing. And so yeah. do you, is that like a good question or an okay question? Or is your internal reaction like, well, I mean, if you're worried about money, right? Like, like you, like for you answering that question, do you ever like look at the athlete and be like, well, I think you just kind of need to get like better and then you won't really need to worry about that. <laughs> or like, so like, how do you, as an athlete asking and wondering about sponsorships, how do you know if you're, a, if you're good enough to warrant like advertising and sponsorships on your shoulders? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a big one for sure. Like, especially for a lot of the younger athletes, like in action sports, it's like a kid who's like 12 and they want to sponsor. And then of course, when it comes to CrossFit, usually you're like in your twenties. So it's a little bit of a different age group. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a pretty common question. And actually when I was maybe two years into snowboarding, I reached out to my local skate shop and I was like, Hey, I want to get on the team. I like submit all these other things to them. And the interesting thing about it was like, they said no, because I was too, like, I was pretty early on, but I had sold them kind of like on my story and my mission. So like, I was like, like, listen, I know I'm here. Like I was pretty self-aware of knowing that I wasn't like the best yet, but I said, Hey, I'm a young snowboarder. Like the only one female in Ottawa who's like doing this, this is my mission. I want to get to here. And then within like a year or two, they saw my progression and saw like I was on that path. So then they came back and were like, yeah, like we do have a spot on our team for you. And so I think that's like, I think build, it's never too early to build a relationship. So if you can just, you know, start talking with someone and not necessarily making an ask, or if you do at least keep that conversation going so Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're a young athlete and you're new to the sport, don't go and say like, Hey, uh, I want to get paid or I need this sponsor because I need to pay for this competition. Just try to get a relationship going, build your connections so that when you are at that level and you've already talked to them and showed them like, this is my mission and I'm going this like, you know, to here, they might not wait until you're like already up here. They they've seen that you've already made that, that progression. Nice. You're on that yeah. path. But if you just join them like here and you know, mm. you're going here, but you didn't show them when you were here that this is the path you're on they don't have a way to gauge, like, have you been improving? Have you not been? How are you going about, you know, building those connections? And I think that's, that's a pretty big one is like, you could be the best athlete in the world, but if you can't um, market yourself to a company or actually show them that you're invested in the relationships, you're not going to get as much as you could if you were just, you know, talking to people, opening the doors up for when you do get to that level. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 
I think it, it really does come down to relationships. And I think that's like mm. in most things in, in business. So I think if, if you're young, don't worry about like, you know, having to get the money right now, but do worry right. about trying to make those relationships and those connections or not worry about it, but just try to, to go in on all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What did someone say? 18. I don't know what the, they said about 18. <laughs> Well, anyways. <laughs> All right. So guys, if you guys want to submit some questions, submit some questions and I'll try to answer them. Um, I have some more questions, but just in the meantime, if you guys want to submit some, go for it. Um, so one of my questions for you is I, I want to learn more and like help your audience learn more about your sporting background. Like how did you actually get into CrossFit and how did those skills from your past sports transition over? Uh, for me, it was, it was pretty smooth, pretty easy breezy, pretty natural. Um, easy breezy uh, says CrossFit games athlete. <laughs> well, the, the transition into CrossFit. Um, so like growing up, I was always a pretty, uh, sporty outdoorsy kid. I love like climbing trees and going on adventures and riding bikes and, uh, and things like that. And then got into more like organized sports as, you know, as school progressed, basically rugby was kind of my main sport. Um, and if you think about it, well, I don't know if anyone watching knows anything about rugby, but so I was a, I was a flanker in rugby, which is like, so the scrum, the scrum is that big group of guys that just like links arms and heads and just like smashes against each other. So I was a flanker. So I'm on the side of the scrum. So as a flanker, my responsibility is to one, I have to push hard in the scrum. Two, I have to break off and sprint across the field and chase the bar, uh, ball, <laughs> the bar, <laughs> CrossFit in my brain. Uh, sprint, sprint across the field and chase the ball. Uh, three, I got to make a tackle. Four, I got to get up and get back across the field and do that all over again. So it's a very, it was a very CrossFitty sport and a very CrossFitty uh, position in terms of you need strength, you need speed, you need stamina, you need. Uh, coordination, agility, balance, accuracy, flexibility, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think rugby is a great sport um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but in terms of, like, setting yourself up to be a well-rounded athlete, it definitely it, uh, is a, a highlight there for sure. Yeah. I also – uh... Oh, continue. So, oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to go off on a tangent. Uh. Well, last week I interviewed the fastest rugby player on, on earth and uh, he plays for on Team earth? USA. Yeah. Damn. He has the fastest hundred meter. And wow. um, yeah, he's, he had very similar like concepts about rugby and how it is all around. Yeah. And he actually came from, he was an, he was on the, in the NFL for the Detroit lions. And then uh -huh. he ended up playing in Glasgow, I think for rugby. And cool. so he left, he left uh, his NFL contract and um, he was also right. track and field. He might go to the Olympics for both rugby and wow. track and field. So no yeah, way. it is cool to see like, cause I think a lot of people in rugby yeah. either they can transition to other sports or they actually come from other sports and transition into rugby. Well, like they really are really athletic. Yeah. Especially in, especially in America. So not, so uh, not to knock rugby, but uh, <laughs> it, as an example of what was the guy's name you're talking to? Carlin Isles. Carlin? Yeah, Carlin, yeah. So, you know, Carlin, um, ending up in rugby, he, well, so he left the NFL or, or like a farm team for the NFL or like whatever level he was at. So he's, he probably took a big decrease in pay, but he also took a big decrease in head injuries. So it's probably a smart right. choice. Uh, but uh, so what I've seen, especially in USA rugby, is that typically in America, 
the, you know, the high paying sports, whatever, NBA, NFL, all that. Um, if you can't quite make it in those like big league sports, rugby is kind of a good spot for you because it, it's just not the level of the level of like prestige or even just like, uh, like it being a well-known sport in America is still not quite there. So a lot of athletes kind of like end up there, like you said, right. like from, from other sports. Um, but you look at other countries like, uh, like a lot of like New Zealand, Australia, um, even like England to an extent, although that's probably more like soccer football based, but, uh, a lot of those countries that, that are very Samoa, a lot of those countries that are very rugby based, like they have the same like farm league, like child entry ladder systems that, that the U S has for, uh, you know, for football. Um, right. Cause that's a yeah. new sport. Yeah. 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 No, but rugby's great. Um, so, oh, so back to talking about me. Um, <laughs> When I was playing rugby in high school, uh, we had very luckily a strength and conditioning coach, and this guy was great. His name was Dave Smith. I still I still keep in touch with him actually, um, because really, like, if I'm if I've achieved if I've achieved anything, if I'm happy with what I've done in my life, like physically and career wise in terms of sport, I owe a lot of it to Dave to Dave Smith, who was our strength and conditioning coach in high school rugby, because he awesome. got me excited about training. Um, there was sort of a we had our team. We were a small school. We were a double A school playing in a triple A league. So we had small numbers and we were also physically small, but we were like good enough to play triple A. So we had a pretty cool like story there. And we ended up winning provincials uh, this one year. So that was pretty sweet, which is like state. Um, <laughs> oh, there's sorry. Just to interrupt here. That's uh, my brother commenting it says I'd race him. I think he's talking about the, uh, the, oh, Carlin, the, yeah. About Carlin, oh, yeah. Man, so he's fast, and he does like four sessions a day of sprinting. I don't want to. Well, race that's too much. <laughs> that's true. Well, I, I think he sprints, <laughs> he lifts, he mobilizes. I, yeah. yeah, he's like right. you. He's 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 training all day. That's good, man. So, quick uh, side story. My brother, like, so I played rugby. Like, I was okay. My brother actually like played rugby. He was like really good. So he toured with the the Canadian national team. Uh, he played a lot of rugby he's played in Dubai he's played in Australia yeah so and he had when he was I I I I think I'm not lying I think this is true when he was in high school in like the 10th grade he had the fastest sprint times in all of rugby Canada oh wow so when he he says I'd race him uh wink emoji or sly (laughs) sly smiling emoji I think he can probably back that up although he's always getting hamstring injuries so Oof, yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so um, so having having a, a strength and conditioning coach in high school um, was great because – so there was, like, a core group of us uh, that would show up in the mornings. Uh, I think we'd do weights at, like, 7 a.m. or something ridiculous for, like, you know, oh. when you're a 16-year-old kid, right? But, but there was a core group of us, so we got – we were excited about training. There was the camaraderie. And there was the actual like good level training, right? We weren't just showing up in the gym and screwing around and do our own, doing our own thing. We had a program, we had instruction, we were learning functional movements. Uh, I was, I think I, I deadlifted like 500 pounds while I was in like the 11th grade. So like we were like doing some legit training. Um, yeah, damn. And of course, like it's, if you think of the CrossFit is the sport of working out, well, I'm going to have a pretty easy time getting into that after, you know, years of just like having fun training. Yeah. Oh, totally. Do you ever get asked? I, I got asked this the other day on my um, TikTok. Someone was like, they, they were asking me, I posted, posted like an ab workout and they're like, uh, this is my goal. Like, how do you get like this? My goal is in one year to be like this. And I was like, 
oh, if you can do this in one year, what have I been doing? (laughs) I've been training. Like, so when I made the uh, Canadian national snowboard team, I like, I, I had trained, I was actually pretty into like strength and conditioning from like the, I like the off season training I did for hockey and all those other sports. Um, then we had a, we had like a gym kind of at my high school. And if it was like a rainy day uh, for lunch, I'd like to go in there, but I actually, I had no idea what I was doing and we didn't have coaches. So I was just messing around trying to do the pegboard and different things like not actually doing anything properly. But then uh, I guess it was my final year of high school, the summer after when they announced the national team and all of a sudden my parents were like, okay, you have to get a trainer. And so we ended up interviewing different ones and I ended up linking up with, um, the university hockey's strength and conditioning coach um, because my, right. my, my dad knew the coach of the hockey team. And so um, she connected uh, her with, with this lady and she ended up being my, uh, my trainer. And that was like what kicked off my whole training. But I was like, so I've been training since I guess I was 17, you know, till yeah. 26 now. And I was like, someone was, they were like, how do I'm going to get this strong in one year. And I was like, I am all for it. But you were going to make me feel really bad if you can do yeah. this in one year. And so I think people misunderestimate, you know, when they ask you how much you've been training to get to where you are, realistically, the answer is like your whole life, right? Like you've, everything you've done has technically led to this, whether there was detours in other sports. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I always, I feel bad kind of like trying to explain that or say that answer without being like insulting yeah. or, or like without shutting down their goals. Cause it's kind of like, well, like, how do I get to be, like, at whatever level or, like, take any athlete, what not, like, you or me, but, like, you look, pick any athlete out of the games and, like, yeah, chances are they've kind of been doing this type of thing, like, pretty much their whole life and they have a history of of uh, commitment and intensity and focus and sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. It might not even be sport-related, right? They might have been a, a, a high-level, like, concert violinist. But the the idea. <laughs> I want to meet the high level concert hey, violinist. Hey, the Yeah, um, at a think tank where I train in Atlanta, um, there's a, a a woman named uh, Colson Colson Land Casey, and she oh, literally was uh, an elite level uh, strings musician. Wow. Um, okay. And you That's can crazy. and you can see yeah, and you can see the carryover in the way that she manages her. Uh, her nutrition, you know, numbers and the way that she sticks to her program and can handle volume and repetition. And I mean, it's all kind of, I don't like the phrase, like everything is everything because it's not always true, but in a lot of cases it kind of is like, well, it's just the same. It's just, instead of in your biceps, it's in your brain. Right. Like, and that's a huge part, like being able to embrace the mundane of like every day doing the same training repetition. So if you can do those, you know, you've done the 10,000 hours in violin. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it, that mindset transfers over for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because I usually take like the athlete mindset and I like to put it into the perspective of say like, you know, being an elite entrepreneur or business person or something else. But that is really cool to see that it went the opposite way around. Right. Yeah. And then you see, I think there's a lot of stories of like later in life, you interview um, or you listen to podcasts with like like CEOs or like successful like startup people or companies like after they sell their company, make millions of bucks, like what they end up doing is they become like a super like endurance sport athlete, right? They get into triathlons mm. or like ultra marathons or death races or whatever. Cause like, well, I was successful in business. Like I'm just going to apply that focus and whatever to now, like to my body and to my health, and my performance. Cause like that's feels, I don't know. feels like a challenge or feels like I wanted to do, or like now I have the, 
the time or whatever to do this. I don't know, but there seems to be that trend as well. I don't know if you've ever noticed anything like that. Yeah. So oddly enough, when I was, um, I don't know, maybe 18 at the time. So like, I've always been into both business and sport. And so I think I saw like on Forbes or something, maybe business insider, one of those things. And it was like this annual, uh, wall street, um, like fitness competition. (laughs) And I was looking and I was like, wow, this is actually epic. Like, it was all these guys who work on wall street and they had this annual like competition where they tested all these like, like lifts, 400 meter run, like all these different things. And they were so into it and so intense. And I was like, that is so cool to see the, like, you know, they, they put that mindset into their training and every aspect of their life. I think they, you know, they have the drive to be elite at everything that they do. And that's something that really crosses over in all aspects of, of life, whether you started as an athlete or as an entrepreneur or into music, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, that's evident in. Uh, have you been watching the uh, the Last Dance, the the Michael Jordan, uh, oh yeah, ne- Netflix doc, whatever? Like, it's, it's best, almost like best he's thing out there right now. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty intense. I always get super amped up to train, like just watching that, right? Um, but it's almost like he's not even a basketball player. He's just a competitor. He's just like, right? Because there's all this stuff about like his gambling, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have a gambling issue. It's just that like. He always he wants to, to create a situation where he can win something and like be better yeah. than someone else or take something that someone else's and have that yeah. feeling of victory. Um, and basketball is great for that, but you can only really play like, you know, a couple games a week. Right. But like gambling, you can do every day. You can do in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder if he still is. He's like, please like the poker stars poster boy or something. Oh, he, he must. Yeah. I think <laughs> he must for sure. I love yeah, the story yeah. where he played like, at the front of the bus for like one dollar but just because like the, the guy yeah. said he just wanted to take his dollar and like yeah. win something yeah i i love that yeah so i mean i think that can take you down some some dark roads per se but it's just <laughs> it's that yeah it's that particular way of of thinking and living that that just drives you to do certain things um and i think the ideal the ideal perfect situation is that that's actually a switch that you can turn on and off because it's not always adaptive it's not always helpful it, i think ideally you could have that you could turn it on you can get done when you need to get done whether it's in a competition or a, a project or whatever and then but you also kind of want to be able to switch it off so you can enjoy time with your family and your kids and um and right. and just like have some some peace in your life Oh, yeah, I, I feel like my family would like it a lot more if I could turn off. <laughs> you play cards and it's like, you know, my my mom is, I don't know how uh, I got so into sports having the mom that I do because my dad is super competitive. We're very similar sure. in that sense. But my mom is like the nicest person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Like, like she is just everything is she's just happy to play. Like she's starting to get more frustrated with cards, but really we make a whole <laughs> line like if she's in last in a card game, we just say that she's just happy to be here. <laughs> and she really is. She is just happy. Like we grew up and we were, I guess she was playing a pass with hockey with my brother and I, my dad said, this is burnt Barney hockey. What are you teaching them? And so we were like, no, hockey. no, no, we're, we're going to play like one-on-one and whatever. Nice. And, but yeah, like it's, it's, it would be good to turn it off and just enjoy playing and, and enjoying the games. I think it, it comes with, you know, time and maturity maybe <laughs> I guess I don't know but the way you described your mom of like oh just being like so nice and fun to spend time with and all that I mean that that sounds like you Nat. like you're one of the nicest people ever so oh, I don't think you're you. <laughs> overly overly competitive or whatever but maybe that's maybe inside dark, dark, you know, when, uh, yeah. we were, when we were playing <laughs> board games at the board game cafe yeah. I cried for two weeks after. 
<laughs> yeah, you put all our faces up on the bathroom mirror and you crumple them and yeah, through darts you... and yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, practiced every day, trained. Yeah. yeah, don't worry, I've been training. So when board game cafes and those things open back up, right, watch out. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be the last business, right? Because like the whole point is that you touch everything in there with your fingers, all the cards and pieces and stuff. So yeah, maybe they'll I just was, have like yeah. a vat of like you know, uh, what's it called, like. Uh, Barbasol, that blue goo they have in like <laughs> hair salons. Yeah, you know it's just like a sterilizer. They uh, just put all the game pieces in there every day. I don't know. All the yeah, I thought about that too. Like libraries and um yeah. and those cafes. Well, no one. To be fair, no one goes to libraries anyways. <laughs> I think they're very government funded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fair enough. It's, I had a library card, and the the lady was trying to convince me, like, use it more. Like, you can come and borrow any book, like, for free. And then I go and buy all these books. I'm like, there's something about it that you just still want to either own the book or have the audiobook yeah. or something. Then she tried to tell me that there is audiobooks, and I don't wow. know why. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. They're, they're trying to keep up, but... Uh, yeah, well. yeah it just seems like a, a a dying business well then maybe it'll be the safest place to be now because no one's in there you go there and not and it's social distancing by going to the library there you go yeah <laughs> looks like someone... we got a... oh here we go got a comment from uh uh marta uh, Marta Prokop. Some people uh, just like the quick fix, whether that is training, dieting, or business, etc. And forget it takes day in and day out of hard work. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty accurate summary of the whole conversation we had. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, although I'm kind of, I don't know. I feel like the idea of hard work. You know, like there's some there's some words out there that, like every time you say it, everyone has a different definition of it. So like, like uh, hustle or. Uh... Yeah, hustle or like uh yeah or uh, something more abstract like like love right like if mm -hmm. someone says like i love you like well hold on what does that mean does that mean yeah that means different like there's different types of love right whether like that's the grade like nine girl yelling across class to her three friends i love you so yeah much. yeah right and there's you know there's romantic love there's companionship love there's friend love there's infatuation like there's all sorts of different types of love so if you just say oh love right and then you say oh yeah love like we think about two different things maybe so yeah. I think it's kind of the same with hard work. Like when you say, oh, you just got to work hard. Or I say, oh, you just got to work hard. That, that might mean different things. And like there's people that work hard their whole lives and it doesn't amount to anything very sadly. Um, right. And there's, there's people that, uh, yeah. So I think depending. So for example, like, like a child prodigy, like, you know, Mozart or Beethoven or whoever, like, obviously they were spending all day, every day, just music in their brain, but like, is that hard work or is that just how they're wired? Is that just their natural inclination? You look at someone like Usain Bolt, who's the most like goofy, relaxed guy before the race, right? He's smiling, he's joking around, he's waving to the crowd. Does that mean he's not working hard because he doesn't have a serious face? Does right. it mean that, does it mean that he is working hard to make it look like he's not working hard because that enhances his <laughs> performance? Maybe. Like, so it's, yeah, sure. Like as a blanket statement, like we all got to work hard, but I think it's important to figure out like for you, what it means to actually like, what does hard work mean and what does it produce for you? Um, right. That's something that I just have been thinking about lately. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like that new perspective on the whole thing. And I think like people work hard for sure, but it's like, where, where do you actually choose to put that effort? Like you can, you can work hard, like you said, your whole life and never make it. And of course there's external circumstances, but 
were you working hard on the right things that fulfilled you and were able to, to build to that success? Or like you can work hard every day and go in circles because you're chasing that new shiny object and you're just going around and around. So it there's, yeah. there's, you know, the where hard work is like maybe half of it. I think it's like actually choosing where to apply that effort and like all the high priority items that are makes a difference and who gets there faster, or who goes the opposite direction. Cause you can, yeah. you can work hard and go a completely different direction than you want to, un unfortunately. Yeah. Hey, hey, and that might be the direction that ends up leading to something, to something cool or better or different. Um, right. I guess you, you can only know what was right in hindsight. <laughs> that's, the, that's the unfortunate yeah. truth of life. Yeah. Yeah, man. If only we can know ahead of time and we knew exactly, okay, if I choose this door, it's, it's going to go here as long as I apply X amount of effort. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, when it comes to, for example, you training for CrossFit or, for example, me training for snowboarding when I was, I never thought I would have retired or, or stopped or quit. And, um, you know, if, if I had, it would be cool to know, like, if I apply this X effort, I'm going to get exactly this out of it. And for me, that was actually one of the issues that I had with snowboarding is there's so much politics involved. And so you can work so hard. And one example is you fall 100 feet to your back. And like, it doesn't mean you didn't work hard. Like those things happen all the time. Actually, that's like, you know, you fall 100 feet to your back and all you do is break a rib is like, that's pretty normal. Like, that's pretty good, actually. And so and then or you have in a judge sport, you have a, you know, a judge who made a mistake or a judge who who you got lower scores than you thought. And so, um, yeah, sadly, nothing in life. Can you just say, I'm going to work hard and it's going to lead exactly to this. You can just have blind faith and, and in hindsight, see if that actually worked and make better estimations as you choose the wrong pass. I think the more wrong paths you choose, the more that you see, okay, this is not for me. This is not for me. And maybe a different path comes clear. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with that. I think that was for me, that was the value of the, the jobs that I had like in high school, like summer jobs and after school jobs. It's like, okay, don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. <laughs> don't want to do that. Um, I think I'd rather be an athlete if possible. Uh, <laughs> so oh, still, yeah. still working on that, but yeah. Um, and uh, so what was, sorry, what was what you were just saying? What was that example of falling a hundred feet to your back? Was that in reference to the video I just posted the other day of me falling on that <laughs> rope climb? No, <laughs> you're oh, not no, just I getting a subtle that. dig in at me there. <laughs> well, you never know. Those things can happen too. Yeah. Anything. Uh, yeah. There's always going to be some sort of accident. Someone just uh, asked if you've ever thought about doing analytics or in-depth commentating after you retire. They think uh, that you would have some good insight because you can explain the performance from a sciencey angle. Oh, oh, that's uh, yeah. At uh, at Ami Causa, Ami Causa, Ami Causa. <laughs> Not sure how <laughs> to pronounce the uh, the uh, handle there. Uh, yeah, that's actually that's a friend of mine from uh, some of the seminars I've done in Europe. Uh, we ended up uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, getting together, hanging out over there. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, to see some familiar faces on here. Um, but yes, uh, actually, I have I've had some very like uh, quick level discussions of, of doing some commentary at a couple events. Um, so maybe if CrossFit is not canceled next year, I might, uh, try doing that out at a certain time in the season. Uh, that's something I'm, I think I would enjoy. I think I, I, yeah, I could offer just from my decade of experience competing in CrossFit could probably offer some, some insight there. Um, so yeah, if you know anyone who's, uh, who's looking for a CrossFit commentator, uh, hit me up. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I like this. We're just putting out our uh, ideas into Weird the world handle, and someone story. maybe here will make it happen yes. for us. <laughs> yes, that's right. If not, we'll just have to make a, an OnlyFans page and, uh, and get our success that way. 
<laughs> you know, I've been playing uh, Mario Kart every week with a group of friends on, on Monday nights, and okay. we just said we we're going to make a Twitch or an OnlyFans and start streaming it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we'll see yeah, how it Twitch goes. Yeah, Twitch would be you know, cool. We're, we're not as good as even maybe an eighth grader, but I think <laughs> there could be a new angle to it, like 20-some-year-olds 20, play attempt to play Mario Kart. But do eighth graders even play Mario Kart anymore? Or are they all on That's like... That's true. Uh, maybe not. So yeah, maybe we they can beat them. Yeah. It might actually be about three, like four-year-olds who are, that's their first game. Maybe they're the ones who we're looking to compete against. Question for you here from uh, CrossFit Glen Burnie. Sounds like it might be in Scotland. Ooh. CrossFit Glen Burnie. Maybe not. Uh, what, is, uh, what is more important? Vision, ability to see the future possibilities, or risk-taking? Interesting. Uh, I mean, I feel like we were kind of just talking about how we don't really have the ability to see the future, but it's more, I think the question is more subtle, like the future of possibilities. So be able to maybe examine all the, the possible options and pick the best one. Uh, oh, Maryland, USA. All right. <laughs> Pretty far away from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, risk-taking, uh, my, my mind goes to more to uh, like the possible like downfall and like trying to manage risk. Um, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? What's more to, without thinking too much about vision. it, what's more important, vision or risk-taking? Uh, I think if you're waiting for the vision, then chances are you're never going to huh. take the risk. And like my my whole thought is like, yeah, there's there's obviously informed risk-taking or uninformed risk-taking. Like, let me jump off this bridge into the water and I have no idea how deep the water is. Oh, uh, so, that's my, I hate that. <laughs> I hate cl cliff jumping. I never, oh, growing up on Vancouver Island, we had lakes and stuff and hills and mountains and all my friends want to go cliff diving and I, I hated it anyway sorry to interrupt oh no problem also we have only a minute and oh my God. seconds left but Damn. I have some like quick fire questions so if you want to continue right. this we can start a new one after this uh yeah sure do you okay. want to just do that now yeah let's do it okay so just um, like cut and run and come Glenn back Bernie come on our next one so I can answer your question and then we'll do some quick fire questions um, all right yeah so so yeah, just okay, to be clear, what we're going to do, we're going to end the call. We're going to start a new live uh, thing like we're just doing. And hopefully you can either come back and click our profile and get into that, or you get a notification as we do that. All right. Hello. Perfect. You are back. <laughs> it was back. So usually when I do the lives, like I knew this was, this change was coming, but it hadn't applied to my account yet is that you can save it to your story for 24 hours, but it actually gave me only the option to post it on IGTV. So I want to be able to mm. save it and download it. So I just did it without posting like, you know, like not the preview to my store or to my page, but just okay. so I can go see it later. But anyways, we'll see if I can sort it out after this and see if I put it in my story yeah. or, but anyways, either way, people are going to be able to refer back to it somehow. So. All right. Um, one thing I've done in the past is there's just like an external website you can go to and just like download like IG story or whatever, if, if all okay. else fails, but. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing like a Google Chrome extension. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'm just pinning my so, phone here, part two. Perfect. It's good to see some people uh, joining back in. Um, hopefully, uh, you enjoy hanging out with us on this, jeez, uh, what day is it, Thursday? Look how slow I am at drinking. Oh, nah, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm all empty here. I'm just on the dregs of my uh, Crown Royal. Uh, someone gave wow, us, like, a, a, a gift. Yeah, it was, like, a gift from, like, like, years ago, and it's just been up in our like above our fridge like cabinet thing so like you never look back there and it was in the back mm -hmm. for like a couple of years and I'm like oh we got all this booze in here like perfect, perfect timing, timing to find that during quarantine yeah 
<laughs> it's ideal. Oh yeah. Ideal. Okay, so we're gonna I'm get from Australia. Some... Oh, awesome. We're gonna get into some quick fire questions, but before that, we were asked by it was CrossFit Glenn Glenn Gary, was it? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Glenn Burry, I think. I think. Yeah, it was some <laughs> I already forgot. But they're Glenn. not from Scotland. They're from not Maryland, from... uh USA. Yes. Yeah, and uh they asked about vision versus risk taking. Yes. And yeah, and, and so my whole thing was like the jumping off the bridge and you want to know how deep the water is, uh, not just be jumping into water that could be one foot one foot deep. But I do think that waiting to have the perfect vision of like what you think is going to happen because you're never going to know exactly what's going to happen is going to prevent you from ever taking a risk. And one of my, like, of course you want the informed risk where you, you don't just jump off a cliff not knowing what's there, but you know, if if you can at least get that kind of that part part gone, I think you can't really let not having a vision stop you from taking a risk because for example, say your goal is to start a successful business and you're scared of what could happen. Could you lose money? Could you do this? Well, you can do some research for sure about like what to do and how to like prevent some of that stuff from happening. But ultimately, if you don't take the risk, then you've you're you're essentially I don't want to like make it sound harsh, but you are kind of you're you're failing in a sense. Like if your worry is like, I'm not, my business isn't going to succeed if I start it. Well, it's not going to succeed if you don't start it. So at least you have a chance of succeeding if you do take the risk. So that's my perspective because I mean, you want to get some sort of vision um, in place, but you're never going to know everything. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's the way to do it. Um, I think in, like a lot of the, the references and, and uh, models that we find or like role, role models that we find are already successful people. And I find more often than not, they do talk a lot about vision because in hindsight, it was their vision that made them successful. It was their, you know, their plan, their execution, their destiny, whatever. Um, but looking back, can you can often be looking through like rose colored glasses, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, if I had to, again, without thinking too much about it, pick between vision and risk taking, it might actually be the risk taking similar in like to what you said, like, like in terms of asking for something, whether you're asking for a, a promotion or asking a girl out on a date or whatever. Um, if you, if you don't ask, you have a hundred percent chance. The answer is no. If you do ask, you only have a 50% chance. The answer is no. Um, and the only chance, the only situation where the answer could be yes, even if it's a small percent is if you do ask or yeah. try or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm kind of in line with you there, I think. Yeah, no, I, I really like yeah. that perspective on things because yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. Cause I, I think a lot of people, sometimes they, they let waiting for this vision, hold them up on actually just going in. Like, for example, we get stuck in planning. You can get stuck in planning forever and never actually just go do, but all you know when you wait long enough and you see someone else execute for example or something else all of a sudden you realize like what what like what was I so scared of like the worst I could have gotten was a no so I might as well have at least given myself a chance to get a yes yeah all right so let's hit these rapid fire questions yes I'm excited let's, let's do it okay what is an or who is an athlete that you've looked up to as a kid like if you could growing up there's one athlete that you had like I know I used to have like quotes on my wall but yeah. Who is one athlete that I looked up to as a kid? Yeah, like the ultimate athlete uh, in your eyes growing up. Yeah, I hate to disappoint, but I don't know if I really had one. Um, I, I've always been kind of like, I, don't, I didn't really watch a ton of sports. 
Um, <gasps> so, like, I just the whole idea of keeping track of like stats and goals and what numbers on whose jersey and what position they play that all seemed like too much work to me. Like, I just like That's, watching yeah. the performances or whatever. Um, but some names that just popped to mind are because I, I grew up watching. Uh, my dad watched a lot of American football. He's he's from the states originally. So, and his favorite team was the Minnesota Vikings. So I remember watching the Minnesota Vikings and uh, they had their, uh, one of the wide receivers, uh, Randy Moss was, uh, was super cool. So I remember like thinking he was really cool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and looking back in, in one of my dad's favorite players was uh, Barry Sanders, who was like one of the world's best, like, uh, I think it was a running back. Um, so some of those like, you know, names and, and, watching their highlights and stuff that was always pretty inspiring to me to be like, wow, like someone can move like that. Someone can just like, just be huge. Like one guy is better than a whole other, like the whole, if you beat the whole team, that's like one guy is better than like 12 guys or 10, or like whatever the sport is. Like that's right. pretty cool seeing those like elite, elite athletes. Um, I watched a bit of uh, a bit of strongman when I was like in high school or whatever. So uh, looking at like the old school strongman. And one of my favorite guys was Marius Pujanowski. Um, cause he was actually like in shape. Like most of the strong men were just like big, fat, sweaty dudes. Uh, <laughs> Marius Pujanowski. <laughs> yeah, well, fair. I think Marius <laughs> Pujanowski was like this ex, like ex Russian military, like super soldier type looking guy. Um, I'm not sure, uh, if there's any truth to that, but that was the impression I had as a kid watching him. Cause he was just, uh, yeah, super awesome. Big dude. Awesome. All right, I'm I'm adding in like a quick fire question because I saw some a couple of people yeah, who asked ahead. about nutrition. So if you had to sum up like one easy nutrition tip for everyone to follow, what would it be? Uh, quality and quantity are both important. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Well, someone said said Tiger. And my mom actually used to read me the uh, book. I think it was was it Tiger Woods' dad, the book that he wrote while I was in the bath when I was a kid so she would read it to me and she, <laughs> and she was so obsessed with this book she bought like 10 copies and gave it to every, every wow. time I had a friend's birthday that was the book she gave so imagine you're like right. I don't know eight years old going to like you know all these girls are buying each other Barbies and here I'm giving them a sport mindset <laughs> book right? here you go <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's funny that stuff shows up in your childhood and well it turns out you end up being an athlete right like yeah, my, my parents yeah. were, yeah, it was weird that they had all those books. There was a book about a baseball book. I, like, I'm thinking back now yeah. and realizing I read a lot of sport mindset books as a kid without realizing cool. they were sport mindset books. But... Maybe your mom just had a thing for Tiger Woods. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, don't tell my dad then. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What is your, your top hype up song? Like, what hypes you up to go and lift heavy? Oh, man. Um, I, my, Favorite song is uh, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Uh, there's just this okay. intro, intro bass line that's just like the stankiest bass line ever. Uh, and it's just a super cool, groovy song. Um, yeah. Not not the typical. I thought you were going to say like some Drake, some DaBaby. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, I've been listening to a hip hop favorites playlist on Spotify, like in my garage. And I'm like, my neighbors are like yeah. looking at me and I'm like listening to like some rap. I'm like, Shut the we've never seen the side <laughs> of you. <laughs> well, the, the cool playlist uh, now that we're listening to is the one from, from the Michael Jordan documentary from the last oh, dance. Cause there's all those cool old, like, yeah. So I think it's a, the official songs are all on the Spotify playlist now. So we've been playing that like while we clean up the kitchen and stuff. 
Oh, damn. Yeah, I got to go check yeah. that out for sure. I, I love all that stuff. I actually found a playlist, like, a, I think it was a CrossFit Games 2018 playlist or something, like, a long time ago. And I used to listen to it while training, and that was kind of cool to, to go through. And then I found, like, an X Games uh, playlist oh, wow. and a Red Bull, Red Bull skiing playlist. That's a good one if you're a skier or a snowboarder. Like, right. just find those curated playlists by the brands or by, like, the, the events. Those are actually pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right. What is your, if you have one, your favorite quote or like the first quote that comes into mind? Oh man. Uh, I feel like I want to fight back or argue against you with all these questions and not argue with you, but like, I feel like I can't answer all these questions. Cause like I'm, I'm actually very anti quote. And ah. I guess you can, so yeah, the reason I don't like quotes is because like, I find them kind of dangerous because unqualified, like to put it nicely, unqualified people, or to put it like not nicely, dumb people can use quotes <laughs> to make themselves seem smart or seem qualified. Uh, right. Like I could drop some awesome wisdom quote on you. So I don't know. The example that comes to mind right now is like, it's not even a quote, but it's like, like, uh, I don't know. Albert, like, let's say, let's say Albert Einstein tells you that E equals MC squared. That's going to have a lot more like, weight behind it because you're like oh like the person who's telling me this has like he knows like all of everything like that's the tip of the like the quote is the tip of the iceberg right and if you're if you're the expert who says the quote you have the whole iceberg underneath that that's created that tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. but if if you're someone just throwing quotes around willy-nilly all you have yeah. is a bunch of tips uh, all you have is a bunch of tips of icebergs and you don't actually have the rest that's underneath there that's kind of my, my gut feeling about quotes. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I feel you. I totally, I get what you yeah. mean. Like, I think, for example, like, I really like for, um, athlete quotes. Like, growing up, I put Muhammad Ali's picture and quote above my, my bed, um, which is kind of odd looking back. But anyways, it was, I really just liked his quote. I had a, I actually had one of my favorite pro snowboarders as a kid. I had her uh, picture and quote from a magazine on like the side of like kind of like a lower part of my room and I had put like a yoga mat there like my yoga air stretching area I ended nice. up going to a competition and meeting her and I go up to my hotel room I was oh. super upset I like fell and came last and um mm. my mom came and said hey I met your favorite pro snowboarder and she wants to talk to you and I was like uh damn she told her that I have her picture and quote in front of where I do yoga and I was like oh <laughs> Anyways, it was very embarrassing. And the worst part of all was that my mom took the picture of us together and then she it didn't save. So I went back up into the room and then my mom was like almost in tears that it that she didn't get it. And I was like, it's fine. It's okay. Aww. You know? So she went back and found her and she said, now she's waiting for you again. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, anyways, it's, it's all good now. And <laughs> but it's awkward. Well, yeah, it takes the awkward embarrassment of parents sometimes to, well, but that made, I guess, a, a, a sweet memory for you um there's a lot of awkwardness and embarrassment in the memory but you did get to meet that athlete and and now look i mean looking back now now you like you are that athlete right where you can you can provide that experience for for maybe kids who want to meet you um and you probably would do it so it's not like it was such a huge burden on on her at the time probably she probably That's, thought oh this yeah. is cute this is sweet i'm wow, like this kid really like is actually like thinking about me when she's trying to be a great athlete. Like, that's awesome. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. If I met her now, I think, you know, it'd be, it would be funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if she wouldn't remember, it. but it would, it would be funny. Yeah. Uh, she might. <laughs>
Maybe. Yeah. You know, actually, I there was a, another pro snowboarder, and I actually ended up like snowboarding with her a lot when I was competing. Nice. And um, but she never remembered this, and I would never bring it back up. Was I was doing a project in I think grade eight, and it was like a presentation on your favorite athlete, and I did the whole project on her. I actually friended her on Facebook. She accepted, and I asked her wow. all these questions, and she got back to me, and I put it into my PowerPoint for the class. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I I thought it was all cool because I had this insider. Well then I'm in Whistler and I'm like riding with her and I'm like, I, she, she's yeah. just meeting me. She's like meeting me for the first time. And I was like, 10 years ago, I talked to you on Facebook, but we're just going to forget that it happened. I made a slideshow about you. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it sounds yeah. pretty stalkery actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you had to make a, like a slideshow about your like most inspirational person. I don't even know. It might've been athlete specific or something. So yeah, it was, it was, nice. Yeah, looking back, cringe, cringe moments from my childhood, but there was a lot of them, so it's okay. Um, all right, okay, so next quick question is, what is the one game changer habit for you? Like, if you could pick, like, one thing that you do every day that makes the biggest difference, what is that one thing? Hmm, uh, I would say breath work. Um, so whether that's, uh, you know, meditation or breathing practice or – you know, breath retentions or whatever type of like actual training. But yeah, to summarize breath work. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been trying to do that as well, too. I actually I put a poll in my story the other day. I said, if you could pick only one, would it be mindful meditation or breath work? And I think breath work. Yeah, I think it breath work one. It was pretty much even actually at, at the start. Everyone answered breath work. In the end, it was like hmm. 60 votes for each. And I was like, well, this didn't help me at all. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just, it's a little, it's like, it's a little more digestible or uh, it's a little more concrete. It's yeah. like, breathe, you know, breathe in for, breathe in for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds. Like there's, there's like a, you know, there's something that's grounding it in space and time and in like the universe versus depending Don't on, if, if you're, <laughs> yeah, like if you're someone who's new to meditation or mindfulness or practice, whatever, starting with the more like heady stuff can be. I, I think for some people it can just be a little bit harder to grasp. Yeah. I, what was interesting actually was when I looked at the answers, like of the people that I did know that answered, it was mostly the people who had played professional sports or were uh, like a very competitive athlete who answered the breath work versus the people who oh. answered mindful meditation. And I think it's because like, I, I, I don't know about you, but like breath work was something that I was taught in sport more than like mindful meditation. Now mindful meditation is the big thing, but hmm. you know, t like, it was only, it's a form of meditation essentially. And it was yeah, like a way to calm down. Different. Yeah. It was a way to calm down after training. But I think because of we're so we're like, I don't want to say high strung, but just like that athlete mindset and like, it's hard for you just to sit and be still. That was a really easy way for coaches to introduce um, that whole concept of getting into your parasympathetic state and everything to athletes yeah. without being like, Hey, you know, there was no headspace then there was no, none of that. And so, yeah. I think that might be the reason why a lot of those athletes, they, they answered breath work, but anyways, that's kind of me saying X equals one, but that's, that was yeah. one of my takeaways anyway. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what is your favorite treat food? Oh, geez. Uh, if I, yeah, if I could only have one type of treat food, uh, I think I lean more towards the sweet side of things. So like gummies, gummy bears, gummy worms. Oh, really? Fuzzy I thought peaches. you were going to go with yeah. ice cream. Well, yes, but ice cream is very like limited. Like you can't take it with you. It gets stuck in your beard. 
Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it melts. Uh, so like, let's say like we're in the, like, let's say this is the end of the world and this is the apocalypse. There's no ice cream in the apocalypse, right? Yes. If, well, the po- if the power grid shuts down, if you can't keep it frozen, there's no ice cream in the apocalypse. But there probably well, there's, are still some gummy bears. Idea. Be the ice cream salesman <laughs> in the apocalypse. Unless you live in a remote, you know, northern community that's like frozen all year. You have a farm, um, you have your cows, you just... <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'd go more with like like gummy bears, right? A, a sealed bag of gummy bears might get a little bit stale after a couple of years, but should be good to go. <laughs> all right, I like it. I'll take that answer. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have a more serious question. If you could sum up what you want your legacy to be as an athlete or just as a human, what would be like that one word that you would use? Oh man. Um, it's a tough one, right? I wrote it and I was like, Oof. yeah, yeah. Just, I think like, cool. All right. Cool. Like yeah. It. So yeah. I, and it, if you ask me again next week or next year, it might change. But as I think about, as I think lately about like, well, what, like, what am I doing? What do I want to do? Like, what is this? Like, I just want to do cool stuff. I, I think like that's kind of why, you know, I got it. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Cause that was like the coolest thing you could do. Right. Like yeah, you freaking right. like travel around, like swim underwater and like, you know, <laughs> blow stuff up. Like that's, that's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Um, so I, I didn't join the military for a number of reasons, but, uh, but I mean doing fitness competitions and, CrossFit stuff and I'm I'm traveling around around the world doing obstacle courses and sprints and lifts and swimming in the swimming in the ocean and like I mean that's just that's pretty cool so I just want to try and do some cool stuff and get recognized for it I guess I like it I you know what I that I don't know if you feel the same but I've been feeling throughout this quarantine like almost coming back to that concept is like because some people say like well, sports aren't important or this isn't important or whatever. And when you actually think about life in general, what is important? Is it important running this investment firm? Like, is that really meaningful for us in general as human beings? Or is like, we're just all alive. Like think about animals. Think about my dog, Bally, like her, she's just out there living her best, living her best life and just wants to be happy and do whatever she wants all day. Like obviously we as humans have created the system where we have burdens. Like we have rent to pay. We have like a lot of things and it, it, you know, we always are trying to overreach and, and improve our mental capacity as, you know, humankind in general, which other animals, you know, might not have that same build or whatever it is. Um, but I do think like we've almost overcomplicated things. And now that we've all like stepped back into quarantine, it's like, hey, like, are we doing things for, do we have to do something that is for someone else or for this, this whole concept that we think we need to be in this system? Or is it like, what should our purpose of life be just to like do cool things that make us happy that we enjoy doing, whether that's sports or whatever. And that can be impactful in itself. Like I think, you know, some people say, okay, well, why are people who play sports so high paid or this, and it's not important. They're not doing this or saving a life or something. And I think, you know, they're inspiring everyone else to go after whatever they want to do and love doing and do it. Because I think that's one of the biggest reminders that we need in life is that, um, we don't have to do things for other people or do something that we think is part of the system to do. Like we can actually, if, if you just want to play sports all day or do this, especially now with the internet and how things are going, like there's possibilities to make that happen. And having right. people who are doing that inspires everyone else to, to do that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think I agree with you for the most part. 
I think the way it was before, like if we're just talking about pro sports, I think it was a bit excessive. Like, yeah, but you know, I don't think, I don't think you need to get paid 10 million bucks to throw a ball on a hoop. Um, I, I totally get that like talent an inhuman level of talent is valuable and all that. But then when the shit really hits the fan and we're in a pandemic, like I, 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 I really was happy when I saw people saying that like healthcare workers and teachers and frontline people yeah. were like, quote unquote, like the real heroes, because like, you know, literally like, you know, your, your kid's going to be a moron unless someone teaches them and like teachers have your kids for eight hours a day. So like the adult, that, the adult that your kid turns out to be, if that person's successful or happy or miserable or whatever, a lot of that comes down to the teachers. And if we're paying yeah. our teachers like shit, like low wages, like that's just going to, yeah. Anyway. So, well, I, I so agree. I like, like, I like that there's been a bit of a shift in the perspective. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, so there's, I, people tend to get into this battle of like, as soon as someone says like, Oh, this is cool. Or this or, is important. Or, Hey, what about this? Someone else comes in and says, well, what about this over here? And like, <laughs> I don't think it has to be an either or thing. Right. Like, so let's say I make a post about like, Hey, let's like clean up the oceans and like make sure like sea turtles are happy or whatever. Someone's going to come in and say, well, what about starving children in like yeah. Africa? It's like, well, both. It's like, it's not one or the other, both. And like, and we all have one, our different yeah, everyone. So, on. yeah, every everybody can't be focused on everything, and everybody can't care about everything. But everything needs someone. So someone's yeah. got to be a marine biologist. Someone's got to be a humanitarian worker. Someone's got to be a teacher. Someone's got to be a doctor. Someone's got to be an athlete. No one is all of those things. So there's right. something for everyone. Everyone needs something. Um, and, I and I think that's yeah. cool, and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I really like that. I think, uh, yeah, I see that argument all the time. It's like, well, all of a sudden, you know, people were in the middle of this and I saw someone was posting something about like, you know, just sharing a positive mindset. And uh, someone commented, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have no time to worry about our mindset. And I was like, eh? and then the same thing was like, someone said something about the environment. They're like, why are we worried about this? Like we have this going on. And I was like, every we, we we need people to care about everything that's going on. And I'm like, I, yeah. I love when I see someone get behind a cause, they, they, that they yeah. are passionate about as well as pursue whatever job that they're passionate about. Like whether it's being an athlete, whether it's being a nurse, whether it's being, as long as you're pursuing it, like, because that's what you want to do and you're passionate about it. The only thing that like upsets me is when someone falls into the trap of like, because they're, you know, they think that it's going to impress a bunch of people to be an investment banker or do this. Then it's like, is it making you happy? Or is it, you know, like we need people to be investment bankers if that's what you're like, you're passionate about otherwise. But anyways, who am I to say it? it's their own personal journey so you know yeah yeah man um so i have like a couple of minutes and then i gotta get going because i have yeah, a, no an online therapy appointment ah i like it yeah yeah well, that's cool i i've been yeah. thinking about a lot of yeah like they're going all online with with the therapy and i think there was like some companies who were doing purely online that maybe weren't taking off all of a sudden and then now like the actual therapists that we go to see say in person are going online and we're transitioning so it's it's been interesting to see that yeah yeah it's worked out well i mean it's it's basically it's like a conversation almost like this and i i really enjoy this conversation i feel like we're able to both you know get our thoughts across and communicate with each other um so no problem at all whether it's it's talking to a friend or talking to a therapist i think it's working pretty well Awesome. I like it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I did all my hot fire questions and we got into some other deep awesome. questions that I yeah, didn't know yeah, we would yeah. get into. Um, 
yeah, it's been great to catch up. And uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoy your therapy session. And um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on that. Uh, that time really flew by. Um, so that was a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed talking to you. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in and who, uh, you know, threw down some questions and comments and likes and greetings. Uh, it's nice to feel, you know, connected to people from Australia or Maryland or wherever the hell you guys are at and hanging out and hope everyone's, uh, hope everyone's doing well. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody. All right, thanks, Nat. Uh, see ya. See you later. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social media, tag me at Natalie Allport, and check out my website, www.natalieallport.com. Thank you for tuning in.